Uh, if I want to be super honest, thank you for sharing that too, Lexi. After uh, church on Sunday, I was like, ah, oh, man, I don't know about this series. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This is... Man, am I just pushing people too far? Are we going too far? He's kind of he's kind of processing through things. I'm like, well, Lord, what's done is done. I feel like I'm doing what you told me to do. Just, we're just resting this, and then I hear that get that text from Lexi about her father, and I go, I'll do it all over again. So, thank you so much for sharing that, Lexi. Absolutely powerful. Hey, we're going to uh, we're going to jump in here to the Bible and some thoughts. I'm, I'm going, this, this is going to, last week we talked about prayer, you know, making sure we're going to, we're relying on this presence. Yeah. For the next couple of weeks here, I, I want to get kind of, uh, I'll say practical. I think it's practical. Okay. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 19. Uh, and before you, before we, we read it, um, we're all leaders. I'm talking to us like we're leaders, okay? I'm, ta- I'm talking to every serve team person like you are a leader. And truth be told, I mean, we're not really big on titles here uh, at all. We're just like, hey, you're born. God's got his hand on your life. Let's go, you know? Uh, and grab a broom, grab a microphone, grab a diaper, grab whatever you need to grab. We're all just, we're just jumping all in. And we just see, we see our whole church family as leaders. And some know it and some don't know it. But regardless, that's how we try to talk to everyone. So I'm trying to talk to you like I'd want somebody to talk to me. And I want to make sure we're continuing to move forward to become all that God has called us to be. Because when you say yes to being a leader, you're saying yes to a lot of things, okay? One of the things sometimes you're saying uh, yes to are, is people patting you on the back. And that's kind. You're not always saying yes to that. But sometimes you are saying yes to people patting you on the back. But for the last few weeks, I mean, not even, I mean, it's been, it's been weeks. It's kind of been processing in my brain this idea of, of emotional intelligence and more specifically emotional capacity. And I've been just thinking about this and thinking about this and thinking about this. And I don't even have all of my thoughts kind of lined out perfectly, but I feel like it's going to be a critical piece of us becoming who God has called us to be. Because when you are a leader, it's not just your talent that will determine how far you go. It's your emotional capacity that has a huge impact on how far you will be able to go and how successful you will be in whatever endeavor is, is before you. So whether that's serving at church or, ser- or, or leading a company or being on team or at school, it, there are plenty of people who are very, very smart that get to school. But when they get there, the emotional strain of school is too much for them to be able to complete what, what their talent would allow them to complete, but the emotional capacity doesn't allow them to complete. This is not to shame anyone. This is just the reality that all of us have been in at different times. I've had this in my own marriage at times when I'm like, yes, I want to be married. I want to be married. I can't wait to be married. I've been praying that since I was 15 years old. Then you get married and you're like, oh my goodness. I did not know I was going to be as emotionally challenged. Uh, I I didn't know I was going to have to stretch that much there. I knew I could be nice. I knew I could make a breakfast. But I didn't know I was going to need to forgive like that. I didn't know I was going to need to serve like that. I didn't know I was going to need to uh, get rid of bitterness that quickly. 
So here, here, here's a random ver- verse of scripture. Uh, it says a hot temper, verse, uh, verse 19, uh, a hot tempered person must pay the penalty. Rescue them and you will have to do it again. And I, I read that, that verse and, and it's, it's, it's talking about an individual who just, they can't control their anger. They can't control it. And, and the writer here is telling us, hey, don't rescue that individual. They, they, need, to, they need to feel the cost of their lack of emotional capacity so that they don't continue to repeat that same pattern over and over and over and over again. And I know we like to rescue people from uh, pain or from problems, but the pain and problems many times are the things that help us realize, oh my goodness, I need to make an adjustment in my life. It's when you are cussing people out that you realize, oh, I guess I've reached my limit. (laughs) And I did not know that was my limit, but now I do know that's my limit. So how can I expand my limit so that this thing doesn't crush me again in the future? So, uh, so I just got some, got, some, got some random thoughts here, random thoughts. One of the things to always know is change is inevitable. It's inev- it's, it is a part of life. And some of us love change. We're incredibly flexible. We love it. You know, uh, obviously our church kind of has a little bit of that feel to it. You know, Zomik and I kind of are wired this way. So we're like, hey, we're doing this right now, but nope, we're doing this right now. So we've all been on the other side of that. Thank you for your flexibility. Um, but others of us, that's not really our temperament, right? We're C's on the disc test or we're S's on the disc test. And we don't really move all that quick and we're not all that into like changing on the fly. It's like, I need my routine. I need to know when this is happening. I need to know how it's happening. I need to know uh, who's doing it and at what time. And I thought I was doing it, but now you said they're doing it. And you have all those different things. And I I get that, right? Whenever you're in an environment like this or you're in any environment, even if it might not change as much as Shoreline City can adjust things. You're going to have to understand it is an inevitable part of whatever sphere of leadership you are in. Stop being surprised by change. Stop being shocked that things are different. Stop being shocked that your two-year-old is now a six-year-old. They're different, okay? Onika and I now have a 14-year-old. We remember when we were holding him as a baby. We didn't know what we were doing when he was a baby, and we don't know what we're doing now that he's a 14-year-old. <laughs> but the change is a part of the process, and I think what messes us up so many times is we think what is will be forever. And how it is, it will be that way forever. But that is not the dynamic of life. That is not the dynamic of leadership. That is not the dynamic of things progressing. You and I have to understand that things will change. So number one, can we stop being surprised at change? And if we can get ready for it, if we can expect it, then perhaps it does not knock us off the course so easily when it happens. Perhaps we go, oh, 
I already knew that was coming. Y'all yeah, yeah. know I like to scare people, okay? It's one of the things I like to do. I like to jump around the corner. I like to get you, okay? Some of you have tried to do that to me. Some have succeeded, others have not. Those who have succeeded a long time ago, just so you know, I have a, a tally in my brain. I, I'm patient. I will wait a year to get you back, okay? But, but when you're going to scare a person, the idea behind scaring them is they don't know that you're there. You can't really scare a person if you're standing there in front of them. Boo! You can't scare me. I, I saw you standing right there. Change. I'd like for you to see it always standing in every relationship. I want you to see it standing in every single encounter. I want you to see it standing when you're raising your kids. See, see it standing there with your roommates. Not to say everybody has to change drastically, but don't be so shocked that something has adjusted. If you know that it's there, then we won't be so shocked when it happens. That's one of the first things, okay? Let, let me go to this next one and then I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet here. The question I would ask is, what's running through your head and what is resting in your heart, okay? What is running through your head and what is resting in your heart? Again, we're talking about emotional capacity, our ability to handle the extras of life, our ability to handle the stuff that we did not plan for. When that happens, what's your self-talk? What is it? Nobody gets what I do. Wow. Nobody understands me. I do way more than my spouse does. I give way more than they, they do. My kids are so ungrateful. They, they don't. My roommates, they're lucky to have me. They're, they're lucky to have me. If I wasn't here, this whole company would fall apart. And when this is the stuff that's running in your head, I'm telling you, it's shrinking your emotional capacity. It's actually taking it the opposite direction. It does not allow you to expand and grow and handle where God is trying to take you. It's actually making your world smaller. It's making, in your head, you think you're making yourself bigger. But in actuality, you're making your world smaller. And it, as it gets smaller, things get tighter. And even things that didn't bother you before now start to, start to bother you because your world is getting so much tighter and smaller. What's running through your head? Then that speaks to what's resting in your heart. Bitterness. The insecurities. If this stuff gets to sit long enough, Onik and I, we got a new couch, uh, and um, it's white. <laughs> and we have children. But she really, really wanted this couch. So, so we got the couch. And um, man, you know how hard it is to keep three kids off of a white couch? I mean, I felt like I was a rugby player. I'm trying to tackle our children there. They're headed towards the couch just to sit down. I'm like, get away. You can't sit on that couch. Go sit on the floor. Uh, I'm just trying to keep them away from this couch. 
Um, but now, now we, we had some come, somebody come over and, and scotch guard it. They, they scotch guarded it. Yeah. And he said, if you get basically anything on this thing, it can even be red. As long as you get it up in time, it's fine. Wow. It won't stain it. As long as you get it up in time. Because if you let it sit for longer than 15 or 20 minutes, that now it starts to seep into the fabric. And it's a lot harder to get that out. So when you're offended, when you're tired, when you're bothered, when you're being challenged, when you're being faced with something that you feel is bigger than you, how long are you going to let that stuff sit on your heart? And the longer you let it sit in your heart, the more it gets into the fabric of who you are and the longer it takes to get that stuff out. But if you can deal with that stuff quick, come on, y'all. If you can deal with that stuff quick, if you can get that stuff up quick, if you can forgive quickly, if you can believe the best quickly, if you can go to the person quickly, don't wait a year, go to them quickly don't don't say well i just i'm not gonna say anything but it keeps on bothering you three months later you gotta go go quickly if you will do that i'm telling you you will now expand your emotional capacity and be able to handle more that god wants to give you so those are just some random thoughts we'll keep on looking through this over the next couple of weeks and see if we all can grow a little bit in our emotional capacity love you guys so much. love y'all